The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Right now? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So how many, um, how many of you are familiar with uh, Gil's book, Monastery Within? Okay. Anyone hasn't read it or looked at it? Okay. Great. So, um, yeah, I think we have it in the library, I guess. Is that where it came from? It's in the library? It's in the library, so feel free to check it out. Um, and um, Kate just uh, opened it up and, um, and by chance and said, and asked me to read this right now, which I will do. And since I've read this book, um, uh, you know, I trust any, any little story here is worthwhile, so I will read it. Okay. Um, it's called Appropriate Instruction. One of the monastery's old monks had become a hermit living deep in the mountains, a two and a half day hike over difficult mountain paths. Many visitors made the trek to receive advice and teachings from the old man. He was reputed to have an uncanny ability to know just what each visitor needed. Prior to giving instruction, the hermit asked that the visitor promise not to tell anyone what advice or instruction he or she received. After the promise was made, the hermit would simply say, what are you not willing to pay attention to? This was the only thing he would ever say to anyone seeking his help. Many visitors were first perplexed by this question. But by the time they had walked the two and a half day trek out of the mountains, they invariably would praise the hermit for giving them just the instruction they needed to hear. Thank you, that's great. That was perfect. That was perfect. Uh, that's, um, that's wonderful. Um, So um, I want to say a little bit about um, um, all lack of truth um, comes from being caught by either greed, hatred, or delusion. So any lack of truth that we have in our lives comes from one of those uh, characteristics. Pardon me? Greed, hatred, or aversion, and delusion. So I'll say a little bit about each. Um, 
So for instance, um, um, when we're caught by greed or by de strong desire, you know, we're trying to get an advantage, we're trying to get, you know, get something, we're trying to get something we want, um, you know, so we're caught by that. So in that moment, uh, we're not in the moment. Uh, we might try to manipulate the situation. We might, um, um, you know, people lie. Why do they lie? They want something, right? They get caught by greed. Uh, they might want um, approval. They might want to be praised. They might want to, you know, just plain write an object, you know. Um, but, um, you know, that's a very, very, very strong force. Um, um, with aversion, you know, we want to, or, or hatred, we want to push something away, right? Um, or we want to hurt someone. One of the things in relationship that often happens is um, uh, when people, you know, get into conflict, um, most people have been in a relationship, you know, at some point the relationship, uh, people um, can be hurtful to each other, you know, and, um, and it's very hard to really admit that, oh, I really want to hurt that person, that's why I'm doing this. You know, and if they say some, you know, they say something like, you know, you, boy, you're trying to hurt me. Oh, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just telling you the truth, you know. But, but there's, um, you know, the, there's a dynamic that happens, you know, and really admitting uh, that, oh, I actually want to hurt them or uh, I want to push them away or I want to, you know, some of the, those things that show up. Um, so again, you know, the lack of truth comes from clinging to those things. The trickiest one is, um, you know, which is uh, when we're caught by delusion. Now, the very definition of delusion says you're deluded. You don't know. You don't know any better. You know, so it's very, um, we sort of have to work with delusion a little bit more indirectly. Um, an example of delusion might be, um, um, you know, when I was in high school, yeah, I was really bored. Um, and, um, and, uh, and so I would spend a lot of my time thinking about, um, you know, first it would be, you know, when's Friday, you know, you know, uh, how long to Friday? How many minutes till this hour is over? You know, um, I'd actually look at the clock. Five more minutes. Okay, I can do that. You know, um, and um, um, you know, and or or I would be looking. Oh, summer vacation's coming. Okay, whew, I'll be done with school. You know, it's such a so it was like this, looking forward, and the feeling was that well, then life will start when this is over. You know, I don't know if you've had that experience, you know, but um, I've, you know, had that experience in meditation, you know. Um, you know, oh, five more minutes till the sitting's over. I don't know if any of you have ever had that, you oh, know. No. Um, but it's this feeling of, of um, you know, we're caught with the idea that some other moment is going to give us what we need. And not really seeing that this is the only moment we ever have, this moment. It's never going to get better because it's always this moment. 
And, and when we fully show up for this moment, uh, that's when we break delusion. Um, you know, the Buddha said there were um, four um, misperceptions that we have that sustain our delusion in, in, the, in life. Excuse me. The first one is that we tend to think that what's impermanent is permanent. Um, for instance, um, a lot of us have this idea um, of, uh, I, you know, if you grew up with happily ever after, you know, and so you, you know, you think if you're in a relationship, you know, once you get that relationship, you'll be happy ever after, you know, and that this happiness is going to last somehow. Um, but it's not going to last. You know, the happiness comes and goes. You know, relationships are not, don't make you happy. Um, they might be wonderful things in our life, but they don't make you happy. And so, um, um, so we get caught in, in these fairy tales of forever after. Um, the other thing um, is, um, let's see, um, that what is suffering, we take suffering to be happiness. We interpret things that are suffering, that cause suffering, to things that make us happy. And um, one of the really good examples is that people tend to think that things make them happy, right? Lots of stuff. Um, you know, and, and they, you know, people, especially, you know, if you've got money issues, you know, if I only have, um, you know, money, uh, then, you know, I'll be happy because I don't have to worry so much, you know. And they found that 70% of lottery winners lose their money within a few years. That's incredibly high percent. Um, and um, so the next misperception, I, you know, I mean, you can come up with a lot of examples about that, you know, things that we think uh, will make us happy, you know, this is it, this is it, you know, and, and you look close enough and anything we cling to causes suffering, anything we try to hold on to, um, uh, you know, we, um, you know, Think about our children, you know, if you, if you have children, right? You love your kid, and uh, you're trying to hold on to them, but they're gone, you know? In fact, you know, they turn a certain age, and they're not all that interested in hanging out with you, you know? They're, um, you know, and that's a, you know, it's not permanent, you know? It's not permanent. It's not, um, uh, it's not going to make you happy, you know? It, it can, um, you know, so, so those misperceptions let people put so much, you know, um, you know, like my, you know, I know my, in my own personal history, you know, my mother, um, when my sister and I left home, she was devastated. You know, she, um, you know, she kept trying to grab onto us. We were her happiness, you know, and it was sad. It was sad. It was really hard for her. You know, it's very, you know, I have a lot, a lot more compassion now than I did when I left home. Um, um, and, you know, the, another misperception is that we tend to believe that um, what's empty of self is self. Now, th that sounds a little trickier than it is, okay? So, for instance, um, um, you know, is your hair yourself, right? If you cut it off, it's not yourself, right? There's nothing yourself about it. Once, you know, once you cut it off, you throw it away. 
um, a tooth, you know, it feels like my tooth, but you know, it's not, it's really not my, myself. And, um, but we identify so strongly with this body um, that um, some people, you know, get really upset because the hair doesn't look perfect that day. You know, bad hair day, you know, you, that's enough, that's a phrase that everybody recognizes. That's how prevalent it is, how much we identify, you know, or the way we're dressed or the way we look, you know, and so, or, or what our job is, you know. I know in, um, um, you know, I was a chiropractor for many years, you know, and I was very identified with my role as a chiropractor, you know, and, and this is my profession. I went to a party, people said, what do you do? I, I, this is what I do. And then I, you know, I stopped doing that. And, and for a while, I wasn't doing anything, you know, anything I could give a name to, you know. Um, and, um, you know, and people would ask me, you know, and it was like, who am I? You know, I'm not, you know, uh, I felt really lost not having an identity. It's not that I didn't like what I was doing, but I didn't have an identity. And so an identity is empty of self. It has no real substance. Whether we identify with our hair, whether we identify with uh, our image. Uh, you know, um, I, was work someone, I was working with someone who's um, very invested in bodybuilding, and he got old, you know, and, and he no longer can do the things he used to do, you know, and doesn't look the way he used to look. You know, it's all, you know, before it was building, building, building. Now it's like I'm maintaining, but it's going down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and that reality of it, you know, and it's like uh, it's, there's so much investment to the idea that that's who I am. Um, You know, and the, the last one of the misperception is, is believing that what's beautiful, what's not beautiful is beautiful. And we do that kind of thing all the time. Like, um, you know, how many of you were around at the time of, um, anybody here at the time of beehives in the hair? You know, um, and, or bell bottoms, or, you know, which actually came back, I guess, you know. But, uh, but, you know, all these things, you know, uh, that, that we uh, think, oh, that's really beautiful. That's so, they're so fashionable, you know, and, and you know, all, now it's not so beautiful, right? It never really had any essence, you know. I always, I always, I'm perplexed when people say, oh, they don't have any taste, you know. It's like, well, they don't share my taste, but, um, but it's, there's nothing absolute, you know. So, so the reason I bring these up, because it's the way we, um, when we get caught by these, by wanting, by aversion pushing away, and by looking at things, uh, you know, misseeing the, the reality this, this way, um, you know, we can't, we're not connected with the truth of the moment. We're not connected, you know, when we're trying to puff up our image, we can't really show up fully. You know, if you can't have a really intimate conversation with someone else, if you're busy taking care of your image. So, so these misperceptions, you know, need to be, um, you know, seen through. It's not like you can grab them and say, okay, no longer misperception. But really, you know, when you misperceive something, you keep looking and you keep looking till you see it clearly. And that's what we do with the practice. 
And it's good to kind of think about a little bit, reflect on these things, because it makes us, uh, you know, we get in our little patterns of, of thinking and don't stretch ourselves, you know. So, so that's why it's good to, um, to hear these things and hear the Dharma, hear these different aspects that, that make us uh, question our habitual ways of thinking. Um. So I think that's that's um, that's all I had for right now. Do you have do you have any questions before we do a breakout group, or last breakout group? Okay. Okay. So what I wanted to do is um, um, is work with the question: um, What are the conditions in your life, the things in your life that are helpful to you to be more truthful? What are the things that make it easier? to be more truthful. And it might be something that you have a little bit of or something that you, know, you, you might want to get more of. Or, but what are the conditions, the things in your life that make it, that are helpful to you to be more, more truthful? Does that, you got the question? Okay, okay, so I'd like to do is, you know, maybe, um, uh, let's see, how many, three, you know, break up into like uh, split in half. You know, so seven people, seven people. Is that, is that we have four or five? Yeah, but what? Okay, great. No problem. No problem. So two groups of six, around six. So, and um, we'll um, um, we'll go for about ten minutes. <clears throat> 